0: You are joining Making a Difference with Melissa Clark,
1: a new show that shares the compelling stories and voices of well-known and everyday people who change the world in big and
0: small ways. Enjoy our guests, call in, or just listen to be inspired for this show was made with you in mind. Please join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with our special guests and you can listen to our recast at www.melissaclarkshow.com
2: witness celebrity hairstylist by trade and a musician at heart, Mr. Edward Jacomi of the Warren and Jacomi Hair Salon. Hi, thank you so much for joining us here on Making a Difference. I'm Melissa Billy Clark. Edward Jacomi has worked with influential people such as the Rolling Stones to designers Valentino and Ralph Lauren. His salons are spectacular and so is he. Check it out. We are sitting here with the wonderful Edward Tricomi. I am so excited. This is very personal for me, guys, because I met Edward when I was 19 years old. So that's 21 years ago. Uh, He cut my hair and I felt like a rock star. Now this was before the Tyra Banks show. I mean, this man has turned into something so wonderful throughout these whole years. And I said, once I get into publishing, I'm going to do everything I can to interview him. And I've interviewed him plenty of times. So thank you so much. Mr. Edward Chacomey, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Uh, you're more than welcome. Nice seeing you again. Yeah, you know, thank seeing your face. Yeah, seeing anybody is good.
2: I know, right? <laughs> these
0: times, right. I sound like Keith Richards. You know, I'm glad I'm alive. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just glad I'm alive.
2: It's true. You know, How did you handle this pandemic really quick?
0: I mean, you know, um, in early March, when it really got bad in the city,
2: yeah, we
0: were fortunate enough to have a house upstate in New York, so uh, my wife and I up upstate and we stayed up here we've been up here for the last six months
2: love it you know? I'm, so, yeah. so, I'm glad that you guys you know. are all safe it's yeah. a tough and one been, here mm. yeah
0: it's tough and you know uh i started back at work in manhattan one day a week which is on tuesdays i'm at the plaza
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then once a month in greenwich connecticut we have several salons we have three in manhattan yeah. which is uh downtown 20th street mm-hmm. plaza hotel and then 84th in madison and then we have Greenwich Connecticut and East Hampton. Oh wow, so, oh
2: in you know, East Hampton you know, as well.
0: As well. So hmm. those two shops are doing the best East Hampton and Greenwich because everybody left to the suburbs.
2: That's right. And a lot of people got out
0: of the city, you know, unfortunately, you know, and it's this I'm noticing now, you know, from from periodically I would go back in. I'm noticing now that it, it, there's a slight uptick in the city yeah. of more people being there and traffic starting to look not totally normalized, but more. It's, it's getting better.
2: Do you think we're going to have problems after the election, though? I mean, either way, we're... In
0: what, in what at, respect?
2: Well, either way, we're SOL. I mean, if we have Biden, there's going to be problems. If we have Trump, there's going to be problems. Like, as far as rioting, I mean, what do you think is going to well, happen? L-
0: l- 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 this is, I mean, if I have to talk about this, I'll talk about it for a second. Thank you. My take on it is this. Mm-hmm. You can't defund the police. You got to have the police. Yeah. But the police need more training. They need, the police, you know, unfortunately, when they're out there, they feel like it's them against us as yeah. a whole. Yeah. And, and, and their, their mentality is sort of set that way. And it's been entrenched for many, many years that way. Mm. They have to learn how to be more of a public servant. In other words, customer service is really important. And you can't send the police to, to, like I heard the other day, there was a kid that had autism. Mm-hmm. They send the police, the police wind up shooting the kid. You can't send a guy with a gun to take care of somebody that has a mental problem. You need a right. social worker.
1: Right. So,
0: you know, so there are things like that, that you, you, the police need more training. They need better customer uh, uh, service as far as them dealing with the public, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> and, and, um, you know unfortunately when you give somebody complete authority you know and 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 you know uh they're not used to having that complete authority and then suddenly right. they get it they can abuse it because they don't really understand it it took me years to learn how to be a good boss you yeah.
1: know yeah. it
0: took me years to learn learn that uh and and, and only with you know with uh with, with practice and everything else and you know believe me you know uh my wife's an educator
1: mm-hmm. she
0: uh schools and uh, she was in, in, in the administration part of the education and, and, and writing curriculum, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I learned a lot from Deb you know learning how she dealt with kids in schools and things, so it helped me in my job so police they, they need they need they need more education and they have to not feel so adversarial with the public right and, and they're i mean it 's a drag think about it you know you get stopped by a cop and and you 're getting a ticket you know you did something wrong well, okay, you maybe you were speeding you know what I mean you know, the encounter is never, never fun. It's not fun for the police. It's not fun for you, right. it's not fun for anybody. Right. So, you know, so there's a lot A lot that has to be said there. And, uh, and, and, and a lot of these mistakes or, or overreactions because they're nervous, they, you know, they're afraid they're gonna get shot. And I, and I understand that, you know? I mean, listen, we need the police. I, I am for yeah. the police, 100%. Yes. yes. But at the same time, uh, there needs more training. You know, and the public also. If you get stopped, don't argue with the police. You know, I mean, Chris Rock did a great thing. And this is really funny. Chris Rock did a thing. Things that you don't do when you get stopped. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. And it
0: was and it was really 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 funny. You know, I mean, he was making fun of it, but you know, in in, in in hindsight, in seriousness, you don't do those things. You don't start arguing with the guy. and You guys can even think, okay, give me the ticket. I'll fight it in court. Right. You know, you fight it later. Yeah. That's so, right. There's all ways of handling things. So both sides need to you know, understand each other and, and work with each other. Right. That's all I could say about that.
2: Thank you very much. Okay. That makes so, sense, right? Just, yeah, no, I love it so much. I do, as long as people don't right. do anything. And matter, to-
0: it doesn't matter who gets in Biden gets in or, or Trump, right? You know, yeah. uh, both sides are screwed up. We're screwed. <laughs> yeah, let's move out of the way. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, no matter which, yeah. which guy is going to get in. You know, I know people say, oh, you know, Trump's so bad, you know, and then you got people Oh, Biden, you know, he, he's a socialist and, you know, the socialist aspect of all of that. I love capitalism, so yeah. I'm a capitalist, and I think capitalism has always served uh, people better any day than socialism. But That's my take on it, but yeah. I don't usually have these discussions with my friends or anybody because it's so, it's so contested these days and so divided. Yeah, I have friends that, that, that are on one side, and I have friends that are on the other side. And I just, you know what? Stay, stay in the middle with it. I don't I don't get into every discussions about this.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: You're, yep, you're yep, also anyway. you're also a Brooklynite. That's right. Right, I'm a yeah. Brooklyn kid. Right. That's right from Bensonhurst.
0: Bensonhurst with Ginsburg, right? Same thing. Yeah, okay. with Brooklyn people.
2: You know, okay. you're also humble, kind. You're generous, and he is a hair genius. He is known as Edward Scissorhands. I love it so much. And here's why. Take a look. like amazing i mean i i love that so much and you do a nice dry cut which i like very much right Mm. right
0: i help pioneer dry cutting
2: yeah so for the for my uh audio side we're on iHeartRadio, itunes spotify please head over to my youtube channel so you can see edward in action uh melissa billy clark show so edward tricomi is the owner of warren and tricomi hair salon in new york city Mm. like we mentioned before he has one on fifth avenue madison uh the plaza hotel he's in um Greenwich Greenwich and East Hampton and And I go to the one uh, at the uh, Plaza Hotel because it's just it's so beautiful Uh, but I haven't been to any of the other ones so tell us when did you first start cutting hair Edward?
0: Well that's a whole story in itself you know um, I was a musician I play music I play drums guitar piano all these things in fact I showed you around my house a little bit this there's maybe about 10-15 guitars up in a loft with all my recording equipment and pianos and drums and all this stuff all up there. So uh, I was a musician and my sister was a hairstylist and my mm-hmm. cousin. And uh, in fact, I'm writing, I'm writing a, a, a series about about my aunt. Uh, I'll just give you the name, it's called Aunt Paula.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: writing a series about her uh, and my cousin Zenip, and he was the first hairdresser in the family. And he was very he was sort of like the real shampoo in real life. He mm-hmm. was amazing, good, very good looking kid.
1: Yeah.
0: And and so I said, Wow, well, he always he's always around these beautiful girls. I said, Yeah, guys, guys, guy. what a great job you. And my sister worked with him and they had a salon mm-hmm. and as a spare job on Saturdays, my sister talked me into coming and in to do shampoos. And I and I went in and I was doing shampoos and things like that. And I, and you know. I liked the job, it was sort of fun. And even though I was still playing music, yeah. it was, it was, I was earning extra money. Right. And uh, so I went to school for it and I graduated school and I worked, in, I started my first job was in Brooklyn in a salon called Charisma. Mm-hmm. And you gotta say, understand this is 1969 we're wow. talking about. Yeah. So we're talking about 69 and, uh, and we were so busy. We were doing 20 haircuts a day. It was a tiny shop of yeah. about seven or eight people. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. So my first intro into it, I was already very busy and I was earning really good money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I quit and I went and I worked in the city and I made like $125 a, a week. My parents thought I was crazy. Why are you doing? I said, because socially, see, I always knew this.
1: Mm-hmm. I said,
0: socially and intellectually, I needed to be in a bigger arena, yeah. you know, and, and not just in Brooklyn. <clears throat> so I started to work in the city and I worked for a salon called Sean Andre. Mm-hmm. And see, Andre was the Studio 54 of its day. Now, how do I explain this to you? The shop was humongous. It was like my salon is at the plaza right now. Yes. It was very high-end, and, and 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 it had more celebrity square inch than you can shake a stick at. I mean, Bianca Jagger. My first client I did in, in New York City was Sabatole Dali.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so he had so- mentioned- I cut Salvatore Dolly, I cut Salvatore Dolly's hair. Wow. And that, he was my first client in Manhattan. That's how mm-hmm. I started my career off with Salvatore Dolly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was the first guy I, I cut. And uh, and then subsequently, you know, my career started to, to work. And then I started to work. I always wanted to do magazines, you know, mm-hmm. and there, there was a guy named DDA and, 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 and another hairdresser uh, another named Howard Fugler. and I used to watch their work and I admired it a lot. And then I, my first gig that I get in a magazine is with American Vogue.
2: Oh, wow. Now,
0: I was living with Janice Dickinson. Yes. I mean, I have hundreds of stories, but I was living with Janice, mm-hmm. and Jan was working for Vogue, and Janice sent Pauline Mellon, an editor from Vogue, in for me to cut her hair. And I cut Polly's hair, which is still the signature haircut that she wears, even up until now. She's in her mid-80s, and she's that same haircut I cut on her back then. Um, so she started to come in and she booked me the very next day with Irving Penn. So listen to the names I'm saying. So, so awesome. my first editorial was with Irving Penn and mm-hmm. American Vogue. That's how I started my career. And I had worked with Vogue for more than than, than, than you know, 40 years. Wow. Yeah? Doing shoots and, 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 and different projects with them. And we, we did, you know, a lot of times we did the... Uh, here for uh, um, the uh, benefit at the, at the museum of uh, uh, um, at the Met Museum, you know, for the for, for, for that we would do we would do all of that with Vogue, and so we we were always I, I always worked with Vogue, so my eye was was really groomed by American Vogue dry cutting. I had a grandfather who was a designer, clothing designer. Mm-hmm. He used to always tell me, look at the way fabric drapes and so on and so on. So I was on set and uh and i didn't like the way the model's haircut was so i, I grabbed the scissor and it came on set and my hair was dry and i cut her hair dry mm-hmm. i said you know something just cuts so much better it's this it's better to cut hair dry and i started to cut hair dry
2: yeah well you start out with it being wet right and then you finish no, it no, at the, no, no 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 no
0: no it's it's wet yes we blow
2: it out oh and then you cut it then i cut it wow I cut. I, the only
0: The only time I will cut anything that's what is maybe a page boy line in the very beginning. Yeah. Any kind of layering or anything else, all done drawing.
2: What do you think it takes to run a successful uh, salon? Well, you know,
0: something, you know, I I stand on the shoulder of giants of other people uh, that I had watched them uh, do successful salons, like San Andres and and then Xavier, who was my mentor.
1: Mm-hmm. in the city. He
0: was a wonderful man. I have to mention Xavier because he was my mentor. Yeah. He taught me about art and he taught me about shootings and he taught me about uh, fashion and, and history of fashion. You have to first understand, first as a technician and then as a hairdresser, you really have to understand the history of hair and the history of fashion to be able to, to be able to style up to the level I style at. So you right. need to have that as a background underneath you. Right. And then and then when you have that kind of understanding, when you when you first come into a song, like I talked about the police before, uh, you, you know, you have to learn how to be a boss. Right. And and, and, and that's hard sometimes because you know, people get into conflicts with each other because people are people. Yeah. You know, and, and some workers get along with each other, and some workers don't get along with each other. You'll have, or you'll have conflicts with clients or, or this or that, you know, things that go on. I'll talk about mm-hmm. the actual business end in a second. Right. But the, but the personality end, you have to have a big enough personality to be able to uh, have people follow you, mm-hmm. you know? And and you have to have the goods. You have to be the real deal. So, you know, uh, I've, been, I've been a mentor to hundreds and hundreds of hairdressers. I trained over the, believe me, when I say hundreds, I mean hundreds. Of people that I've trained and influenced over the years, yes, you know that have gone on to fantastic careers, big, yeah. big careers, you know, in in, in, in in doing shoots, or in uh or, or in owning their own salons, you know, so on and so on. And you know, there's a heritage and there's a history to that. So you know, we have these always have beautiful photographs, you know, that are hung in the salon. You know, and I've worked with Helmut Newton, Guy Bourdain, Hans Foyer, uh, Avadon, Penn. And one of the greatest photographers that I worked with was a woman named Deborah Turberville.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: Deborah was the first photographer to do the stress backgrounds in her work. So prior to Deborah, everybody was shooting very clean. Right. And when Deborah shot abandoned buildings collapsing and falling down and all this kind of thing, and she was an amazing art photographer, and I worked with her for a good 45 years. Right. Uh, she passed a couple of years back, which I sorely missed. It's sort of like my John Lennon yeah. left. You know, she was very, very intellectually bright woman. You know, she was an editor at, at magazines for a while. And then she turned into a photographer. <clears throat> and she was amazing, you know. And, and I had a, a wonderful relationship with her and, and being able to work doing all that. So going back to the original question, mm-hmm. what does it take to run a great salon? First of all, you have, you have to have something to offer. You have to be a leader. And you have to be really technically good at what you do. Mm-hmm. right? That's all, that's all part of it. But then in the second part of it is the business end. Yeah. And I was always fortunate enough to have a great partner named Roxana Pintilli. Mm-hmm. And Roxana has been my partner for 30 years. Uh, she originally uh, 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 started with me uh, um, in the very beginning, she was uh, doing nails.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I just had an intellectual feeling about her that she had an innate business sense. And I was absolutely 100% correct on that. <clears throat> and she worked with Scavula. She did shoots too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, she she managed to do some great things, and she took over the back end of the business, which left me able to run the front end of the business. Uh, and at that point, we know it was Joel Warren, my yes. partner Joel, yes. and, and myself, and Joel and I, between the two of us and Roxana, built Warren Tracomi. And we did one salon at a time and just took the next step and the next step and the next step and just added more salons on as we grew. Uh, you know, uh, you have to have guts to grow like that. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, and we did tons of TV. We had a, we had a TV show called Salon Diaries. You should look it up on YouTube. Okay. And it'll give you a great insight of how the salon was run or being run back in the 90s, you know, or, or early 2000s. You know, it's just a wonderful uh, slice of life uh, uh, thing. Which for Bravo. It was the number one rated show on Bravo. Yeah. It did very, very, very well. So my partner, Roxana really handles the back end of it. Right. She deals with all the contracts. She deals with the insurance company. She deals with the tax people. She deals with the accountants. I oversee that with her on, 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 on an owner level, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't do the day-to-day to it. So I don't have to deal with that kind of day-to-day type of thing, even though I do do things, you know, that she says, listen, you got to take care of this, you got to take care of right. which is all fine. So basically my end of it is the creative end, which allows me to be the creative.
1: Yeah.
2: So
0: it's like, it's like being an actor or being a rock star. You know, you have, you have the band and you have management. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, so the combination really worked out very well.
2: You have a nice team of people that you work with. Um, Wonderful. Wonderful people. And you know what I like about your salon? You have uh, specialists. So one guy does a nice haircut. The other guy specializes in hair color. And, you know, I like that
0: because, you know. We had a deep mental life for a long time. Yeah, we're stopped. It's because of COVID. We stopped the department uh, 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 mentalizing doing that.
1: Mm. We we
0: uh, we allow people, some people, to do color and cuts just to to, to help out. Right. Uh, and, and it's sort of moving towards that more. Um, uh, but I also love you know we have eyebrow specialists. I've had we had we had a medical spa. We had people doing Botox and all of these things. And we had a medical spa for, for portion of the salon. Yeah. I've always introduced new services, and we have. Like for hair loss, we have the capulous cap, we have special products from Vinay Futura that really work wonderful for, for hair loss. Mm-hmm. So anything that's new and cutting edge, we're either innovating and creating it ourselves or we're, we're, we're finding the best stuff out there and bringing it in. Mm-hmm. So it, it, our clients are always introduced to wonderful new and inventive things.
2: Yes, yes. Even the way
0: the salons are curated and done, you know, being a musician, right? It's it's all about ready sight sound feel smell taste yeah and what does that mean yeah. okay so the music that's played in the salon is completely curated it's you know it's 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 a complete genre mix of jazz rock roll classical hip hop uh, uh, R and B uh, reggae blah 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 all mixed together right some old school some new school then you have the, the what the salons look like and I've designed. I think some of the most beautiful salons in the world.
2: So gorgeous. And down. I mean,
0: I've never seen anybody's salons look like my salons. They're very, very well curated in that respect. I mean, everything's studied—the way the desk looks, the way your station looks, how many products on the station, what you, you, what, what, you know, what it smells like. So we even have smell machines inside the certain scent, so you don't, you know, smell like you know, uh, I don't know, like an egg smell from perms or things right. that go on. Right. There's always something pleasant in, in, in the atmosphere of the way it, 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 the scent is. And then you have the lighting and, and, and everything else that's the sun. So when you walk in, it, you're enveloped into a complete experience, you know, which takes you away so to beautiful. another land.
2: <laughs> so uh, let's talk about uh, Fashion Week. You do it every okay. year. You've been involved every with year. Va- every year. Valentino, Angaro. 50 years. 50, right? 50
1: years, 50 years of, wow. 50 years
2: what and is that you know? process like, Edward?
0: Well, I mean, in the, you know, I mean, I've worked with the biggest designers in the world. I worked with Dior. I've worked, I even met Coco Chanel
2: back, wow. in, back
0: in, the, in, in, the, yeah. in the very early 70s, in the early beginning of my career. Uh, you, you collaborate with the designer, right? Mm-hmm. The designer has a collection. He's, uh, he'll, he'll tell you, you know I, I, you know, I think the hair maybe should be pulled back, or I think the hair should be like this, or I'll come up with an idea along with him. It's a collaboration. Yeah. And then I'm and then I'm set off to, to, to create that look, right? On on twenty to thirty girls, you know, in two hours. Wow. For <laughs> three hours. So you have to have a really good team. They have to be well versed in, in, in knowing how to pin hair and, 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 and do hair. And you have to be fast. Yeah. You know, to to get thirty girls ready for a show within two to three hours, you have to be really fast. So, you know, um, I can go through uh, those type of heads in like, you know, like 10, 10, 15 minutes each girl and uh, knock it out. Yeah. So, and, so you have to be really good. So the designers, when I worked with Angaro, I'll tell you a story. Sure. I was in Paris and, I, and, I, and we, were doing, we were doing the shooting aspect for him, for his ads. And I, I thought the girls needed hats. So I went into his closet. And I got material
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I cut up the material and I had my friend from London come over. I never forget it. She came over and she could sew. So I said, I- I'll design them. And I put wire in the hats and all this stuff. And she sewed them together for me. And I put them on the girls and twisted them and put them together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can see the stuff. You look up my portfolio on my website, warntrofomey.com. My, web, my portfolio is there. Yes. And you'll see those, those incredible shaped hats. I made. And Gara went crazy for it. We wow. actually copied the hats. So how did I know how to do that? Because when I was a kid, my grandfather was a clothing designer
1: mm-hmm. and there was
0: always material around. And what did you do with the material? You made hats out of it and fooled around with it. You know, so we was yeah. always something in your hands. Anyway.
2: So you come from thing. an Italian background, is that right?
0: Yes. oh yeah, oh yeah, crazy. I grew up in a crazy house. Trust me.
2: So being in this industry, you deal with a lot of different personalities. How do you stay yeah. humble? And how do you let people know, you know, not to talk to you in in certain ways because you deal with so many big personalities, and egos? I'm sure.
0: Well, I, I mean, you can't you can't you can't stop people talking to you the way they want to talk to you. I mean, you know. Sure. I'm very. I'm, listen to me. I'm you know, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to hang out with Paul McCartney, in in St. uh two uh, Christmases ago, right? And yeah. I, I spent a week with him actually, you know, and and. Cool. You just think about all the people when they meet Paul, they're so freaked out to meet him.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: McCartney. You know, and, and Paul's like, holy cool. He's relaxed. You know, yeah. I traveled with the Rolling Stones too. And uh, I, did a, I did a couple of tours with them and, you know, back in the 70s and early 80s. And there was always a hurricane around the Stones, but in the center of it was always calm. Sure. So everybody was crazy around us. And we were in that center of that storm and people, you know, people sometimes when they meet a celebrity or somebody they they get tongue tied or they get nervous and they say sort of crazy things. Yeah, yeah, it happens. So you have to be gracious and I'm always gracious. And, and and I'll always go the extra mile for somebody, you know? Uh, So when I have, you know, uh, people that are th- sort of uh, a little bit tongue shy with me when, that, when they first meet me. You yeah, know, I I always been very gracious. Paul's the same way. Same with Mick. Same with Keith. Same with all of them. They all you learn that. You know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You learn on the job. And then uh, 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 adversarial people, people that are you know that have, listen. <clears throat> I'm very cool. You know what I mean? And I'm fair. Yes, you and are. I cut the, and I cut the cake even. Yeah. You know, and I say it like it is. You know, when you're from Brooklyn, you just say it like it is. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I say it like it is. You know, we like, a, like we lose a lot of people. Will come in and, we'll, we'll come in, and, you know, dressed not properly, right? And I always yeah. say, listen, imagine you go to see the Lion King and the Lion, you know what? I don't feel like putting the costume on today. And you know what? I'm going to put a bottle of water, smoke a cigarette on stage. You know, that's got to look real. I, I, I said, when you walk into the salon, you're on stage. That's right. And you have to be, it's a performance that you're giving. And you have to be great at. Mick always says, "You know, what do you, They ask Mick, "What do you do before you go on stage?" And he always says, "He goes, I have to do a good job." And then they ask Keith, and Keith says, oh, "I have to wake up." But that's, <laughs> but that, that's, he, you know, don't know that he, guy will be waking said, up in a hundred years you, from you know now. He yeah, but that's what he said. So, so, you, you, you have, you have, you have to be gracious to people, and and psychologically, after you get a lot of experience of, of dealing with hundred. Listen to me, I see. On an average day about 200 people yeah the thousand people a week think listen to these numbers most people say that they maybe interact with six or eight people yeah i'm seeing 200 people a day i'm interacting with right so believe me you get really good at talking and being with people i love people love being social again that's why i moved from brooklyn to manhattan to what to have a bigger life that's right a more interesting uh, career. I had an older sister, uh, Pat and Mm -hmm. my sister Connie, and they would sneak me into the Brooklyn Fox Theater and into uh, uh, the Apollo on Saturdays. And you're talking 62, 63,
1: 64, yeah,
0: like that. Uh, And I saw Chuck Berry and Bats Domino and, and, and James Brown. I saw all these people play live before the Stones ever saw them. Wow. So Keith Keith said to me, the first thing that they did when they flew in to uh, to New York is they went. They didn't even put their bags in the hotel. They went straight to the Apollo Theater and caught a show.
1: Oh <laughs> The my first God. thing that they did, wow. they were so
0: enamored. It was like going to church. Yeah. So I said, yeah. I said I saw all these groups. Cause my sister back in the fifties and sixties, you know, early sixties, I, I caught them all. I mean, you know, Chuck Berry, you know, Fred Funk. You know, I was like face to face with those those acts. So. As a musician, I had the same basic background that they have.
1: Of course. So we have
0: a lot in common, you know? The, the Stones are a little bit older, six or seven years older than I am. But uh, musically, I am the same age as they are because I had the experience of being even at eight or nine years old or 10 years old in, that, in those shows. Right, right. You Yeah. So
2: i I had that musical background. So we had, that's so- the
0: thing that we had in common.
2: Mm-hmm. For the listeners, uh, you look wonderful. I was just going to say for the listeners, you look unbelievable.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm not price. a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> do you? I, I do too, don't worry.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm not a cheat.
2: <laughs> uh, God yeah, bless you. You look so Thank great. You. So, um, you know, you've been a regular on the Tyra Banks show. You were featured on Good Day. Oh, yeah. I saw you with Rosanna Scotto. How do you like being mm-hmm. interviewed on television? You're always oh, getting I interviewed.
0: And I, 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 I can tell you a couple funny stories. We were Tyra Banks' glam squad. Joel and I were part of the glam squad. There were four people, a makeup artist, uh, a stylist, and, and Joel and I, and we did hundreds of makeovers with Tyra.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tyra was wonderful to work with. I mean, we had so much fun doing those shows. We were flying back and forth to California like twice a month, you know, for a week at a clip. In fact, we were flying so much back there, we bought a house.
1: <laughs> oh you know, the, the,
0: the, the corporation bought a house
1: mm.
0: uh, because we were there so much. We were constantly, you know, after a while, the hotel bills stuff to get outrageous. So we said, let's just get a house. So we bought a house
1: yeah. and
0: we were back and forth a lot. And, and, and we would play tricks on each other. Like I would take Reese, like in craft, there's always chocolate and things around. So I would take the Reese's paper wrappers and put them in between my teeth. And then when camera would be on, 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 on Tyra, right. Mm-hmm. I would go smile and it would like, look, I had space it, And Tyra would go like this <laughs> and she's going, and, and then she had to remember her line. And, and, she, and she said, you're always, you're always playing jokes on me. We're always playing jokes on each other, you know? Yeah. Like the water gun, I would take the spray bottle and make it a water gun, you know, and she would spray it and
2: We <laughs> had, that's, a, oh, anyway. that's the second time I heard that she's so wonderful to work with. We had Dr. Cooper Lawrence I, on. Do you know Cooper I, Lawrence? She was a regular psychologist on the Tyra Banks show. Yeah,
0: um, I'm. I'm sure I ran into her.
2: Yeah, you know? she. She said she's also
1: wonderful. We were always to work so busy with.
0: backstage doing all those makeovers. Yeah, we didn't a and we had to be fast because so, we we would do in a day two shows.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we would be, be there early in the morning. We do the first show. We would have at least about three to four people to make over, mm-hmm. and they would always find these people that were complete train wrecks, you know, for us to do.
1: Yeah,
0: you know? and, and <laughs> I mean, trust me, you know, it, 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 it was no longer. I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. I was with Regis Philbin and yeah. I was doing, I was doing uh, 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 Kathy and Regis and I, they got a guy and the guy had a beard. I mean, down to like, like ZZ top <laughs> and, and here like, the, and, yeah. and, 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 and he looked like Rip Van Winkle had woken up and we were going to oh make my- him over. So, <laughs> So the guy came in and, and, and we we're working on this guy
2: mm-hmm. and the
0: stylist wants to dress him and he had no underwear on this guy.
2: Oh my <laughs> God.
0: That's a really crazy guy. <laughs> so, so they got him dressed right and I cut his hair and everything. So mm-hmm. when, we, when we brought him out, Regis said, that's not a, that's not a makeover, that's a miracle.
1: Oh my Regis, God.
0: Regis was very funny i uh, did his show a, a bunch of times i love yeah. working with regis yeah regis was great and kathy kathy was wonderful too
2: you must have been and then, uh, subsequently
0: when... i worked with odor and kathy when they had their show on
1: mm-hmm. on
0: uh, on, uh on nbc and not nbc but uh is it was cbs oh, no uh abc sorry abc uh and their show was what was wonderful and they're great to watch hey they're fun you know yeah. we would joke around uh... we would have we would have a good time and, and Ros- rosanna scotta yeah you know, it's also a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: you know? she is. I met yeah. her. Yeah. yeah., yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. she's a lot of fun.
2: You're yeah. a big hit in Japan. Last time I saw you I came oh, to your yeah, salon. Crazy. They love you in Japan. <laughs> That's awesome. We would,
0: have tour, we would have tour buses. I'm serious when I tell you this. <laughs> like 30 people come walk through the salon like if they were on tour.:
2: <laughs> Oh my God.
0: You know, How um, did that happen, Edward? Uh, well, Well, I am Japanese stylist. Mm. Uh, that worked with yes. me. Yes, yes. And, and then the word got back to Japan that they were working at a salon called, you know, uh, tracomi. Mm-hmm. This is early, early, even early on, and uh, and then people would come to see this salon because my first, one of the first salons that we built was on Fifty Seventh Street. That was such a unique looking salon. Right. It it it, it it it. All the chairs were draped in fabric. Uh, it was gold, huge gold mirrors. In fact, if you when you go to the YouTube. Channel and look up salon diaries. You'll see the old salon. That old salon doesn't exist anymore, but yeah. it was the most wonderful salon ever uh, that I ever created. And what's so unique about that salon is that it—you felt like you were in an, in, in an old uh, temple somewhere or or, or Moroccan or Arabic, you know, uh, country, and it was very exotic and was a lot of fun. Nothing looked like it didn't look like a salon. It was unique looking. So uh, people started, have, and, and, and subsequently, the Japanese started to come, you know, yeah. before, you know, they, a lot of them came. And uh, then we were asked to franchise to Japan, which we did. We have three salons in Japan, two in, in, in Tokyo and one in Osaka. And then we have 14 in India. So they put 14, uh, and those are all franchises. We don't actually uh, own them, but they pay us to
2: certain things. Sure, sure. Which
0: fine. Uh, yeah, which is fine.
2: That's awesome. You have your own products, is that right? You sell your own products
0: in the yes, salon? Yes, we've always had products. And um, OneTracomi's products are unique to what they are because I invented them, you know? And, and I have a great understanding of how to do hair and what yeah. hair needs. Mm-hmm. So I created a really unique line of products. Uh, they're very well uh, uh, done. They're done with the best ingredients, and the best systems and putting these things together. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I have argon oil and and, and uh, uh anti-frizz cream and if you mix the two together, it comes something else. Yeah so you know I teach how to how to play with the products and that and I have one of the best hairsprays on the market. My hairspray is the best. Why? Because when you spray it on the 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 the, the light holds hairspray, mm. you're allowed to change your mind with it. It doesn't make your hair so stiff that you can't that's get right. a through it.
1: Mm-hmm. So you
0: can change your mind because that's when that's the experience you have when you work on set when you're working, because you might have to, girl might turn this way, and you might have to flip the hair that sure. way. Sure. So you have, to, right. you have to figure out, so you have to be able to change your mind. Uh, and then I have one uh, called Superhold that's so strong, you can work in a construction site. I did a, I, I did a <laughs> shoot with a girl named Jessica, who mm-hmm. is a an Asian girl, big, big following on, on social media. And mm-hmm. she does these fashion shows all over the world. And I did a show with her at Kennedy airport. Yes. This is crazy, on, on the tarmac with a big jet.
2: I saw that. I saw that photo. It's crazy,
0: mm. right. And it, the theme, she always wants these crazy hairdos. She says, I want the craziest hairdo you can make me. So she wanted bra- Everybody's done braids on her. Like the last six things that she did were all braid. I said, it's boring. I said, it's got no fashion edge to it really. So I said, okay. So what I did is I made the hair sort of sweep and move in a certain way, almost very linear. And then I took birds, stuffed birds, not real birds, but yeah. you know, fake-looking birds, but really with feathers and all of that, and I placed them on the hairstyle, and that tied in flight. So, so creative. At the airport flight, and that tied it in. So creative. And and, and that's how uh, that. can, So that was a unique. So and that super hold hairspray, held up on that tarmac in the rain my because it, it rained on us
2: wow and in the wind and
0: on a very very cold i think it was november that we were out there shooting this thing which crazy
2: i love Early it november
0: tell, you know, yeah.
2: tell us about your music where does it take you when you when you play edward
0: well i mean i've been playing since i'm six years old I and mean, i started with drums and mm. as i got older i got you know i started feeling how to play guitar i was in many many different bands you know as a kid uh uh you know uh i I met the Beatles in 1966 backstage at Shea Stadium because my manager worked with Sid Bernstein mm-hmm. and we got tickets and we were, and we were able as 14 year old kids that they were 13 or 14 13 or 14 and meeting the Beatles back in 66 which was an amazing thing. Yes. Uh 69 I went to Woodstock.
1: I wow. mean uh, I
0: mean music it's it's it's, it's you know, it talk about, like, Jay Leno, you know, being a talk show host. Yes. Jay Leno is not a talk show host. Jay Leno is a
2: mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> what is that about? He's what a is... mechanic. Yeah.
0: He's a mechanic because he loves cars. That's who he really is. Right. He does the talk show host and being a comedian, yeah. Right. But he's really a mechanic. Right. I'm really a musician. I'm a hairstylist, and I love it, and I do all that. Yeah, it's great. But I'm really a musician. Yeah. You know, so... You like Uh, rock and roll and
2: all that, right? You do all you...
0: I love all kinds of music. Brazilian, rock, rap, this. I mean, if it's good, it's good. Classical. I mean, we listen to a lot of classical at home. I do Uh, too. But when I play, you know, I'm playing rock and roll.
2: Do you play with your son? Does your son play?
0: My son plays a little bit of guitar. He's learned Mm. a little bit of guitar. Yep, yep. But not, you know, not to the extent I do. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I have have, Mm. have, have, have over 20 guitars. I I have a Les Paul. I have... uh, three or four fenders. I have Gibsons. I have acoustic uh, tailors. I have all kinds of
2: guitars. Love yeah, yeah. God bless. Yeah. I let's, have beauties. They're beauties. I'm Excellent. sure. I'm sure they are. Uh, let's talk about the event that's coming up uh, Monday, October okay. 19th. Uh, this is BCA in the fight against breast cancer. And do you do this right. every year?
0: Yeah, we've done it every year for 18 years.
2: Yeah. Uh, this is so wonderful. And uh, special guest actress, Kate Walsh, who her, her mother had uh, breast cancer, mm-hmm. so. Well, um, my to- wife had
0: it, so I went oh. to my wife.
2: Oh, God and,
0: bless. Uh, yeah, and she's fine, thank God. Thank uh, God. So, you know, uh, my sister had it, and she didn't do so well she passed from it. Sorry. So it, it's something that I know about, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it, it, it's close to home. I, I'm very spiritually minded very progressively spiritually minded. Yeah. So I, I, it's called the flow. You have to give to get back.
1: That's right. You know,
0: and, and
1: I, I and I
0: also tell people, you know, I'm very, I'm sort of like a uh, Oda in a sense uh, of giving spiritual advice to my team and things. I, I mix things a lot of times with spiritual advice,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and, and uh, it's called the flow uh, or has another one. You know, I always say, I said, art is this mm-hmm. shadow is the money. hmm you, the shadow always follows the money. You chase the shadow, mm-hmm. you'll never get the art. <laughs> that's
2: right. I totally so agree.
0: Are, I always have these these sort of you know sayings that I that I come up with and, and use in, in teaching, uh, even when I teach hairdressing or I teach anything. Yeah. Uh, that that's interesting. So yeah. So I've been yeah, I've done these I've done these shows for about eighteen years.
2: Yeah, we're gonna give some many
0: other things. We've done tons of. Once you call me one year, I'm gonna tell you a funny story. My accountant called me up and he said, "Are you out of your mind?" I said, what are you talking? He said, you gave. I, I'm going to give you a number. You gave. You gave over six hundred thousand dollars worth of, of charity.
2: Yeah. Away
0: one year. You said you got to slow down.
2: Yeah, you're definitely <laughs> you know, a I giver. Mean, I mean, yeah,
0: we, yeah, we, yeah, We gave here every time somebody would ask us for, you know, for for a raffle for their school, you know, or 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 there was, uh, you know, a, a, a fundraiser. I mean, we raised money for AIDS in the very beginning. Before people, you know, didn't want to know anything about it. We did uh, a lot of shows for AIDS. We would put on these big, big fashion shows and hair shows. Yeah. At the at the Palladium, Uh, and we get all these people together and and put these shows on. Uh, And that's the first time I ever did set Edward Scissorhands on stage. I did it for a show. Yeah. And and what what was everybody had like ten models and all this. I came with one girl and myself. And because I'm a musician, yeah. I choreographed the lighting with strobes. So I had strobes on the bottom, strobes on top. As the strobes are striking, as it's really building, yes. your hands are moving. So it looks like you're in slow motion and what you see is hair flying. And I'm cutting hair, I'm actually really cutting here. And what that technique is about is called abstract layers. Yes. So anything in nature that's natural is in abstract. So if you look at a tree, it doesn't grow evenly. It grows, you know, a little here, a little here. Right. That's abstract. That makes things look natural. So at the end of my haircut, I would add abstract layers. So I took that whole premise of doing that, and I turned it into a show because I play drums. So I'm very good with my hand.
1: Yes. And
0: I coordinated the lights because I knew about music and lighting. <laughs> right? And I put it all together, and it created a show. They screamed so much. I heard them on the third floor. Freaked out. The very first time I ever did it. It was really amazing.
2: Now, uh, Warren and Tricomi, they're actually, they're so nice. He's such a giver, Mr. Edward here. Uh, he's going to give a $100 gift card to our listeners uh, and 10% off uh, for online products. Uh, please head over to their Instagram, Warren Tricomi on uh, Instagram. Uh, comment on their last post with hashtag making a difference. And mm-hmm. uh, thank you so much. What do you want your, your, le- your um, legacy to be, Edward?
0: I I can't answer that question. That's that's up to other people to to, yeah. to really, you know, to tune into that. I mean, I you know, uh, I I I mean I I just hope people you know say you know Wow, I, I know from people who have trained and sent said, said to me, listen, thank you very much. I would have never gotten that type of training anywhere.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: so people are very very grateful for the, you know for the fact that I am so giving to them and and being able to do this, and it's my pleasure to do that because. You know, uh, again, like I said, it's part of the flow. You give, you get back, and it all That's flows right. around. It's part of the universal thinking, the way it works.
2: I want to thank you, you know? so much. I want to thank you for giving me my first glamorous haircut at 19. You really made a <laughs> difference in my life. I mean, I want you to know I'm that. Blessed. You've always stuck in my head. I mean, here we are 21 years later. I've put right. you in the ma- couple of magazines, and now I have you on here. I wanted to do this because I'm so happy, and I'm so proud to, uh, throughout these years, just Keep coming in contact right. with you. So thank you for everything that you do, and uh, please head over to uh, Warren and Jacomi Salon. They are unbelievable people. Very professional, kind, loving, and uh, and we thank you so much, Edward.
0: It's been really great seeing you. I thank hope you. I see you in person soon. I will see hope you definitely. Yeah, this uh, pandemic gets over quickly, and uh, and we're able to go back to our normal lives.
1: Yeah, you know? I
0: hope but so. But until then, you know, I will see you soon.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Bye, love. Bye. Bye.
2: To join or donate BCA in the fight against breast cancer, go to bidpal.net forward slash luncheon 2020com Please head over to warrentricomi.com, click on products and get 10% off with the promo code making a difference. That's www.warrentricomi.com. Making a Difference is sponsored by Preferred Health Magazine. Please visit www.preferredhealthmagazine.com today and subscribe.